Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Once the center of New York's Bohemia, Greenwich Village is now the home to luxury restaurants and buzzer door clothing stores catering to the nouveau riche. Well, one shop in the heart of the village remains resilient to the encroaching gentrification, Carmine Street Guitars. There, custom maker Rick Kelly and his young apprentice Cindy Hulage build handcrafted guitars out of reclaimed wood from old hotels, bars, churches, and other local buildings. And that is the uh, backstory behind this terrific documentary called the Carmen Street Guitars. And we're joined today by the director, Ron Mann. Ron, welcome to Film School. Hi. Wow, what a wonderful film. And I'm going to just let sort of put this out there uh, for our audience. And that is, this is a really unfettered, fly-on-the-wall, very comfortable documentary film from the very beginning you kind of set a tone and all of it just it works so beautifully and I just wanted to say that up front because that's the way I felt about it one thing but it's just a it's such a enjoyable experience to watch this film tell me a little bit about what got you interested in the Carmen Street guitars and and Rick Kelly well first thank you um you know it's I like hanging out in guitar stores so um I wanted to you know translate that experience of Carmine Street Guitars for audiences. It's the impression of five days and the life of Carmine Street Guitars. And I first went to Carmine Street Guitars to hang out after Jim Jarmish, the filmmaker and also musician, told me about it. And like Joan Tewksbury, you know, who went to Nashville, I just basically <laughs> wrote down my impressions of, of Carmine Street Guitars came back and then uh, wrote, you know, a, uh, you know a, a treatment of what I thought the film would be. And then, like Robert Altman, I threw out that <laughs> <laughs> uh, script <laughs> when I, on the first day of principal photography, <laughs> and I just kind of let things happen as they happen. At one point, you had to say to Rick, I, listen, I, Rick Kelly, the, the owner and the craftsman behind... Uh, Carmine Street Guitars, you had to say to him, hey, I, I want to do a documentary. What was his initial reaction? Well, Rick, <laughs> I, I mean, Rick is um, someone who's extremely shy, and all he wants to do is work. So, um, I mean, I was really, really surprised that he was, he was, you know, allow me to sort of take over, his, you know, with a crew um, in, a, in a very small space for for a while, and um, I, I think that it had a lot to do with um, my relationship with Jim. Um, Jim um, is one of the musicians in the movie, but yeah. also you know is good friends with with Rick and helped start uh, a lot of the wood from Jim's loft. Started the Bowery Pine series that Rick um, was making guitars out of. You know uh, all this Bowery wood from Jim's loft. So I, I got instant credibility. <laughs> I was going to say he sort of he sounds like he sort of softened it up for you before before you. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he liked the concept of just you know people coming in and you know um, just filming that as opposed to you know interviews and 
you know, kind of traditional documentary. He was into it, though. I mean, it was into like at the very beginning, it was like it, I thought this was going to be really painful, and then by the end, he was completely warm. He was so warmed up. And a lot of the musicians, like the whole conceit of the film, is to really have um, the musicians talk with Rick and get him going. And Rick's—he's quite incredible, I and mean, he's a visionary for one. I mean, he's you know thinking about electric guitars or the wood and electric guitars having affecting the tonal quality um, long before anybody else. And he's someone that is sort of a very Zen-like sort of character. Well, how? And if you get him going, he's very knowledgeable about all sorts of you know things and. It's that relationship that he has, though, with musicians that I that I've really wanted to capture. The place itself, I mean, it's really Mark Rebo in the movie that says that the Rick Shop is about community, and I always liken Carmine Street Guitars to like a small town post office at the turn of the 20th century. People coming in and dropping in and leaving notes for each other, and I mean, it's it's really a um, it's really a special place. You're right. You you kind of nailed it at the beginning of the when you, we first started talking about the idea of the film is that these musicians come in and I assume that it's not unusual for for this this level of musicians to come into this guitar shop, but also yeah, I mean Rick is right in the center of it, you know, yeah. Greenwich Village, you know, and you know he's made guitarists for like Lou Reed and Robert Quine used to live there and. God, Richard Thompson, and you know, it just goes on. Patty Smith, Bob, yeah. you know, well, Bob the pe- Dylan. Yeah, the well, oh, okay, Bob. The people in the film, I mean, that we get to see, are amazing artists. They really are, and and <laughs> it feels like we're just hanging out at the guitar shop. That's one of the really beautiful things about this film is we're just there, and oh, look, in walks now Nels Klein. Oh, wait, there's Bill Frizzell. Uh, you know, yeah. and it just has this remarkably endearing and say heartfelt feel to the film, and that's that's the beauty of this. I I would I would have you could have made this a five hour documentary as far as I was concerned. I would have just sat there and watched these people come in and interact with Rick, and then inevitably they pick up one of his guitars and start playing, and it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah, I mean it's. He's a very special artist, and in that place is an oasis of, you know, honesty and beauty. Well, um, in terms of, let's talk a little bit about the the sort of where the guitar shop came from, because it goes back 40, 50 years, something like that, easily, right? Well, actually, um, you know, Rick is an artisan and great tradition of guitar maker. There's been a, that tradition in Greenwich Village is, it was... At that time, the, um, at least in the early 60s, there were six guitar makers on Carmine Street, and Rick is the last—he's the last man standing. But there, you know, Greenwich Village has that, you know, tradi- has that tradition, um, you know, folk folk music in the 50s, and Jimi Hendrix, and you know, the Velvets living there, and in the 60s, and it's. Um, it's sort of like kind of the local scene, and that was where guitar makers sort of centered themselves. Yeah. And Rick Rick has been there since the 70s. 
Yeah, I, thank you for for bringing that into the discussion. The, the the history of that area, Greenwich Village, for people who are into or at all even know anything about the folk music movement, if that's the right way to put, is a musical mm-hmm. trend, the 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 gathering of the tribe, if you will, for for people who were um, singer songwriters. That was ground zero. You're talking about just what you said, the the Dillons, the Van Ronks, the the um, God, oh, I'm going to leave out a whole bunch of towns, Van Zant. All these people were hanging around, and it, as it's been put better than I could put it in, in another film, it was in some ways America's campfire and uh, for a period and of now, time. And now Rick is making guitars out of the wood from Chumley's where <laughs> Dylan used to play. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. You mentioned the wood and his sort of, his his recognizing the importance of wood in a guitar. Uh, t- talk about that because you're right. We, he's, tell us where he's getting this wood from, generally. Well, there, uh, it's not just that he makes these cool resonant guitars. He's making them what he calls from what he calls the bones of New York, and that is um, the wood that is basically the foundation of some old virgin forest from upstate that came to build basically the buildings in New York City. They're 200 years old, and um, they've dried naturally. That's made the wood resonant, and Rick, you know, uses um, wood from historical buildings in New York, um, such as Chumley's, the you know the Chelsea Hotel, um, and um, in the film which is the oldest bar in New York City, right. and 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 in a way, he sort of keeps the using the old reclaimed wood from New York City buildings um, is um, it's just a sort of lovely that you know that it kind of carries forward because it, especially as you know, these buildings are being torn down and renovated and things are changing. That the whole movie itself has that feel of something that is, you know, he's almost like the last person, yeah. that, you know, there in Greenwich Village. As that area is so it's under the <laughs> barbarian invasion of urban mm-hmm. yuppification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, you know, he's it's, it's keeping, you know... It, there's also this wonderful thing about the tree, you know, the tree, it all goes back to the trees, you know, and then it goes to, you know, and he makes it into, you know, into building, and then it's now, you know, guitar, and it's sort of, and yeah. sort of play, it's, you know, it just keeps that spirit alive, somehow, or that, you know. Well, one one of the key relationships in the film, and one of the key dynamics in, in the films is as we get to know the shop and the people who come in, is Rick's relationship to Cindy Hulage, um, who mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about her story. Well, Cindy is someone who walked in, uh, has an art background, and uh, wanted to learn how to um, uh, build guitars. That tradition is sort of lost. It's not schools that kind of teach that. And um, um, thought she was special from the beginning and hired her. He, he said he didn't have any money and she said, oh, I don't need any money. I just want to learn how to how you make guitars. And Rick saw her as serious about um, you know, her she was like in her like early 20s and um, 
she's now building guitars. Yeah. Um, she started off with decorating, you know, guitars as a as a wood burner, and and now she's um, she she has her own line of guitars called Cindy Guitars, which is quite kind of amazing. And that relationship of of Cindy with Rick is really quite special. You know, they're just respectful and um, they're they're friends, and it's just it's too. There's three generations in this movie. There's Cindy, who's that's right, 25, and then there's Rick, who's like late 60s, and then there's Mrs. Kelly, who's 93 years old, who <laughs> keeps the book. But Cindy, Cindy's energy is so wonderful, um, and really, you sort of feel that she's dedicated to keeping that tradition alive, which is kind of you know hopeful. So in the end, this film is actually, you know, it's not about, you know, really the the end. It's sort of, you know, it's about how that tradition sort of is going to move forward. It's, when when um, Rick is there only because of his landlady. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> right. We get basically it. a benefactor. I mean, he really shouldn't be there. But um, there's a story where at the New York Film Festival where the film played, uh, Lily was there, Rick's land lady and rushed up after him after the screening um, and said you're not going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because the for people who do see the film there is a disquieting moment where a real estate agent walks into the shop and looks it over yeah and rick's reaction is quite telling (laughs) Generally, a very nice guy. He's very he's very quiet when he taught when he's trying to yeah yeah. So, well, I I I have to tell you, I I so enjoyed this film. It's a, by the way, for people who care about this stuff, it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's opening here in Los Angeles today, Friday, um, May tenth, and so you want to check this out. It is just such a fun watch. Uh, and I unfortunately, I'm just gonna be I'm running out of time with you. Ron Mann, uh, the uh, director of this terrific, terrific documentary, Carmine Street Guitars. Are you going to be out here by any chance for the L.A. Uh, screenings? Um, well, I'm on my way to the Cannes Film Festival to yet another film festival. Okay. Um, but I would, lo- you know, but I lo- I used to live in Los Angeles, okay. um, and I get there you know, at least you know two or three times a year. Okay. Um, okay. And um, yes, well, so and it's actually at the Lemley, which is one of my. It's a new theater in Santa Monica, right? Newish theater in Santa Monica, right? Kind of. But I remember the Fox Venice, yes, <laughs> that old, <laughs> you know, and the New Art and all the, you know, just great theaters that are in still Los Angeles. Again, want to want to uh, emphasize just what a wonderful watch this film is, and if you care about music, you care about watching a great documentary. Period. That's a great reason to see it. But also, if you care about musicians and you kind of see a vibe, you see them in a in a different kind of a setting. You see incredibly True. good musicians in this in this film doing some amazing stuff. It's just so fun to watch. Ron, man, thank you uh, so much for the film. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Yeah. Thanks for for talking with me.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.